bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in coronavirus politics. Like we're talking about reality TV. And we are back. We are back, Meow Meow. We're after, back. After an unplanned week off. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well. What a week. <laughs> Other shows go on hiatus for two months and then they take a luxury COVID vacation somewhere <laughs> in Tahiti or something. But not us. No, no. We spent the week getting high in Julie's bed and wondering if she's ever going to walk again after her <laughs> knee surgery. And I'm still wondering because the shit takes forever. It takes forever. You do seem more sober. Yeah, oh, yes. I definitely. Getting better. Feeling better. Looking good, Lewis. Feeling good, feeling Lewis. Feeling good, Lewis. Okay. I mean, I mean, we didn't miss it because you couldn't walk. We because no, we we showed right, up. Right, 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 right. And um, <sighs> you were too fucked up. So <laughs> it was it was more just the inebriation and the full body torture. Yeah, it's because sitting is hard. Sitting's hard, and even for that first week into two weeks laying was hard yeah so it's uh it's it's you know uh, kudos to anyone who's had this before i didn't anticipate nearly half of what this would be like so well did reed say that he got a double hip replacement he's one of our favorite babies yes from what i understand and he gave some great advice he said drink more water than you think is possible he said push through the the he said do the physical therapy with medication and then keep doing physical therapy said so just keep pushing 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 and the first time we met reed he was fully on opioids and yeah, it all so makes now we sense know why now. yeah now we know why come up off those opioids reed <laughs> i mean i saw my mom this weekend and i was like bitch where's that codeine cough syrup girl and she's like um i'm using it myself and i'm like okay valid 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 now um i know that everyone probably really missed us last week and the thing they really missed the most was not hearing us incessantly bug about our <laughs> Patreon podcast. Mm-hmm, yeah. But I don't want anyone to feel sad because here we are and it's bug time. Bug time. <laughs> bug and bug time. We're back. And what when, when we're back, we talk about the Patreon. So obviously you're here for a reason because you like politics, but maybe you're <laughs> sick of it or you don't want to hear about it. I don't like it. Or you're like, right. True. I we're all sick of it and but you know you're here and you're like oh okay but then you're like god I'm sick of them talking about politics but I like them but I'm sick of politics and if that's the case you should go to our patreon podcast that is www.patreon.com slash dumb gay politics and you can listen to us 
just talk about everything and nothing, nothing and everything. It's almost more judgy, but yet less judgy. Yeah, that's true. I, I think agree. it'll be it'll hit you right. Like we're judgy on here and it's probably offensive, right. but we're judgy on that and it's annoying and insufferable, but it's not as offensive. Yeah. Uh, Cause right. who cares if we're judging Khloe Kardashian? Uh, yeah. Right. Or like the guy in the parking lot or right. whatever. Cause it's mainly us getting drunk and Julie yells at strangers in parking lots, <laughs> things like that. Things such as. Yeah. And if you need some content to listen to, you get one episode a week for $1 and they're all an hour or two episodes a week for $2. I mean, Sorry, it's so affordable. Now, our Patreon family, um, which we also call the group. Mm -hmm. The group? If you want to be a part of this group, you need to have a thick Thick skin. skin. We love our Patreon group. We do. They're close to our heart. Mm -hmm. This is the level of these people. This is how much we love them. Yeah. Now, this is a random, very forgettable moment. Um, that I'm sure no one will remember where we were discussing our shower routines or something (laughs) such as Uh and I said that there was a pink razor in your shower Uh for over a year that I thought was yours and you thought was mine Mm -hmm. and then I was deeply offended because I'm like I would never fucking use a pink razor I use blue (laughs) and you're like I use a full man's razor and I'm like okay well whose is that then and you're like we bought pink disposable razors and and that's what that is. And then I go, no, we bought those to shave the couch. <laughs> that's the one line. We bought those to shave the couch. Meredith Larson from our Patreon family, she sent us a goddamn easy lint fabric shaver from the quote, we bought, we bought those to shave the couch. <laughs> it's a machine that shaves off pills and lint balls and <laughs> Amazing. shit. Amazing. Specifically for that. And it's so nice. It's like real. It's like from Is It Wigs. It's like a QVC, like a nice, it could be on an infomercial. I want to shave the cat. I want to shave my forehead. And that's literally what they'd be being, they'd be saying. They'd be like, if you haven't tried it, you are not living. I mean, this is absolutely amazing. I say to my husband, I'm shaving your whole body. All up with the, oh, you are? I am. Me too. It just goes for... And then it's, of course, the three easy payments of $19.99. It's going to be sold out, so you better get it fast. It comes in mauve, pink, <laughs> more yeah, like, like the steamer that I have. It's just exactly. like that. It's just like that. It's so, it's nice. so nice. Meredith, you bitch. Like, it, it's luxurious. I'm like, this is how the rich people live. Yeah, they have all... Like they have machines, machines to shave the pills off. Exactly. We bought disposable razors, and we shaved the couch <laughs> like a whore on vacation. I'd like to shave that couch right out the window. (laughs) I'll tell you that. All right. Well, Meredith writes, Hey, Julie and Brandy, I've been one of your faithful 14 from the get go. You have both talked me through and kept me somewhat calm during the past four plus years, especially living in North Dakota. Ooh, with January Jones, I might add. (laughs) This is a picture of my husband, Brad, our 13 year old daughter, Evangeline and me. We are all listeners of your Patreon. Some more than others. My daughter and I really love the drug commercial episode and still sing. I never want to go out. Never want to go out because of my elbows. I never want to go out. I mean, I don't even know. I'm trying to do it like in vogue. How do you think that sound? We don't never want to go out. Never want to go out. Never want to go out because my elbows. I don't know. We don't remember it, Meredith. So please go on the Patreon and make and tell us which episode that is. 
I clearly remember during the pandemic having an existential crisis because that fucking commercial uh, came yes. back with the lady with the hot chocolate where she yes. takes yeah, it oh off my the God. I hate that commercial. <laughs> where she takes it off the nose. It's so gross. <laughs> and you kept doing it. Ew. And then you sang the whole song about how your eczema flaked onto the the picnic <laughs> blanket when you got up. You're like, I'm going to get up from my picnic. <laughs> and we just did all drug commercial things. Yeah. But this is how lame the fucking patriot i got flakes all over my granddaughter when i when i moved the whipped cream off of her face with hot shot i hate that fucking commercial and apparently whenever they see a drug commercial that's what they're saying so that's nice never want to go out never want to go out never want to go out because of my elbows i'm glad we turned it into an en vogue song yeah it's not terrible it's not terrible uh, we also love to listen to your big brother updates i appreciate you both love meredith larson well that's nice I'm going to physically refrain myself from me tooing Evangeline, who <laughs> looks all of perhaps, what do you think here, 11, 12? Hmm. I'm going to say 12. She's basically a pre-teen. She's a tween model. Tween, yeah. Rolling around North Dakota with, she's a budding <laughs> model, okay? Circa Evangeline Lilly, who is, by the way, gorgeous. Evangeline, gorgeous. 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 And she's giving you charisma, charm, all of it. The smile is beaming. And you can tell she's she's the she's the queen Quan of North, North Dakota. Dakota. Yeah. Brad has long hair. Oh, Meredith's super hot. They're like weird hipsters that yeah. landed in North Dakota. People are like, oh, my God, did they just move here? I've decided he's a construction <laughs> worker, archaeologist really? and a sculptor. What is Meredith doing? I think Meredith works as a uh, professor. Also, I mm. think they're both into archaeology. <laughs> Because that's all and anyone history. does in, in, in North Dakota. No, I don't know. I just think to myself, what are you doing in North Dakota? Or maybe it's they're in ranch archaeology. I like to think that they met. Hmm, I don't know. We I, I have a lot of Fifty Shades of Grey fantasies for <laughs> oh, these two. Because okay. North Dakota, we don't know. We don't know. Did they no, grow up there? Are they transplants? What if he does custom built motorcycles <laughs> and is in a garage band? She... I like her being a professor. Okay, she's a professor. And then everyone's like, nice boyfriend. And she's like, "Mm, that's my husband now. And that's fine. He's like... She's also a painter who has perfected the Bob Ross painting style. And now has... Oh, because of the beautiful landscapes in North Dakota. Beautiful landscapes. And has done all of his paintings, every single one of them. And now is moving on to a new series that she is going to reveal in 2022. I can't wait for Evangeline's budding modeling career and it is going to happen for her because I insist. And Meredith's like, no, we're not getting her involved in that toxic business. And I'm like, oh, yes, you will. She's so great. I just want to acknowledge this family, Brad, Meredith and Evangeline fighting the good fight in North Dakota. It's not easy. Meredith's legs. She shaves them and they get stubble (laughs) one minute later because of the cold. You know, when you get your goosebumps and then your hair grows. Yes, yes. I don't know what's going on in North Dakota, but I know that to be a sexy hipster there yeah, must be hard. You're probably getting trolled at the yeah, gas station. Yeah. Like people are like, go back to L.A., <laughs> get back across the Mason Dixon line, smoke <laughs> more marijuana. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? This is just all our weird stereotypes of no North idea. Dakota. For all I we believe know, them. Yeah. Well, for all we know, North Dakota is like hipster central. We don't know. And it's just like oh, it's turquoise becoming, jewelry and fucking like an geology. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, if it is, then these these three started it single handedly. I mean, they are going to make 
North Dakota aspirational, and we want mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. We want that. We Everybody needs to spread out. Yes. Models live yes. in North Dakota, yes. too. That's yep. what we're here. Yep. That's the messaging. Well, we love the easy lit. <laughs> Fucking, I mean, love it. it is luxury. Love luxury. It. I can hear Johnny right now wanting the easy lint. <laughs> I know he wants it. I know he does. <laughs> easy lint fabric shaver. Thank you so much, Meredith. Now, Jeremy and Craig heard uh, McKenney, yes. the co-mayors yes. of Seattle. Yes. They were recently elected co-mayors <laughs> yes, in Seattle. Yes, yes. Mm. They sent sent us their second installment of their graphic novel series. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. called Some Strange Disturbances. Mm-hmm. Now, the issue is that I specifically <laughs> demanded that Craig include me mm-hmm. in part two. Yes. This is part two. Yes. You read it cover to cover, Craig. Cover to cover. Cover to cover. I am not present <laughs> in said graphic novel. And if I'm wrong, please point out where said person is. Now, Julie did yell into me. The main detective's last name was Brandt. Yes. And she did try and soothe my ruffled feathers. <laughs> I'm sure this is you. This must be you. Mm-hmm. It must be. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I want my likeness. <laughs> I want my likeness. I demand it. I know. Is it the ghost girl? Is it the lady at the house? Is it the other lady who gets the dog? Is it the other? I mean, now listen, it's a Victorian paranormal mystery. Did I or did I not make you read out every woman's name? I did. Cordelia. <laughs> I read out <laughs> every like, woman's name. No. I'm just saying, you guys, make me make me a hooker. I don't care. Make me a dead body like in the River's Edge. That girl made a lot of money in the River's <gasps> Edge. Really? With old Crispin Glover. No. I know which one of my friends are cute. Remember how there's this dead body and they're all, but it's like their friend. The whole movie is so, I mean, it's very, it's, it's very B-movie, but obviously Crispin Glover is always right on time. Yes. I, I mean, you know what yes. I mean? Where's he been? He's been in Hot Tub Time Machine. That's where he's been. Oh, that's right. And I'm fine with being the dead body in mm. the river's edge. Yeah. Just, I mean, Craig. <laughs> uh, Craig. <laughs> I looked and looked and looked and looked and looked and I just, and listen, I know I'm on painkillers. Maybe I didn't see it, but I did yell out all the names and I did read it from cover to cover because, you know, I love a good a good graphic novel and it is good. They did. You did a great job, Craig. You really I hope did. an email comes through with literally like this gorgeous headshot of me. And he's like, <laughs> it was here on page 52. Yeah. And I'll be like, ma'am, meow, And you'll be like, sorry. <laughs> now it's time to see what's doing with Jojo and Kiki. Lock the doors, lower the blinds, a fire smoke machine, and put on your heels. Because I know exactly what we need. Jojo and Kiki. I want to have a Kiki. Lock the doors. Hey, Jojo and Kiki. Motherfucker. I'm going to let you have it. Jojo and Kiki. I want to have a Kiki. Die, turn, work. Jojo and Kiki. We are going to serve. And work. And turn. And hunt, hunt, honey. All right, well, it's been 14 fucking months, and it finally seems like we've turned a corona corner. We have a long way to go in terms of all the Karens, on both sides, fighting over masks. But this week, the United States Center for Disease Control officially announced that Americans who've gotten the vaccine no longer have to wear a mask anywhere. Inside, outside, up your butt, and around the corner. You're allowed to go anywhere you want with no mask, just as long as you've been vaccinated. Today... CDC is updating our guidance for fully vaccinated people. Anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities, large or small, 
without wearing a mask or physical distancing. If you are fully vaccinated, you can start doing the things that you had stopped doing because of the pandemic. We have all longed for this moment when we can get back to some sense of normalcy. Based on the continuing downward trajectory of cases, the scientific data on the performance of our vaccines and our understanding of how the virus spreads, that moment has come for those who are fully vaccinated. Unless you're in California <laughs> or New York or Oregon or basically any blue state. But the thing is, it was obvious that when they made this announcement, good old Rochelle fucking Walensky or whatever her fucking name is. And then Joe Biden immediately held a press conference right after and said that not only do vaccinated Americans not have to wear masks, but for the first time in 14 months, the number of cases in every single state actually went down. The thing is, it was obvious that nothing in our actual lives was going to immediately change. People who live in Florida are doing exactly the same thing they were doing before the mask announcement. Mm -hmm. And people in California are still doing what we were all doing before the mask announcement and so on. And I got to say, it does bug. (laughs) But you know what? I saw Kamala Harris, Kiki, walking behind Joe Biden, Jojo, for the very first time, just walking, simply walking as vice president with no mask. And it was so (laughs) fucking awesome seeing the bottom of her face while she was just walking around being a boss made me literally see the light at the end of the tunnel. I was like, oh, I get it. (laughs) I see it now. Look, there's Kamala Harris's face. (laughs) Well, that and seeing how gross all the White House press corps are without their masks. (laughs) We haven't seen their faces. And now, oh my God, Peter Douchey and Mary Bruce should get their masks permanently attached. I mean, they're all so grotesque. I just like imagined all the wrong bottoms of faces. <laughs> I always do that. Well, I make them all much better looking than they are. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like Mary Bruce's bottom thing comes off and you're like, whoa. I wasn't even sure it was her. I could just recognize her voice. And P- I mean, Peter Douchey oof, is. Oof, oof. I mean, I thought he was 15 years younger. I'm thinking yeah. when I walk around in my mask, I don't think anyone's making me better looking. What I think in my head is I'm like, oh, you don't even know how good looking I am without this mask. <laughs> I have no idea if people are actually making me better looking because I made every single one of those people in the press corps like just more attractive. Right. And I wonder if that's just what everyone's doing then. You know what I mean? Like, am I in the supermarket and they think I'm. A glorious, handsome gentleman? I guess so, which wow, you mean, are. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping the mask on. <laughs> now, I wonder, though, when The View, mm-hmm. in, in light of all the recent news and the, mm-hmm. and the announcement of mm-hmm. the CDC and JoJo, mm-hmm. I wonder when The View and all the news shows will go back into the studio. You know what Ooh, I mean? Because yeah. they're not. They're all sort of doing Zoom. They don't want to go back. Whoopi doesn't want to go back. I'm sure they don't want to. No, no. And Meghan McCain is the... F- First one every day acting like she's going to go live her tragic hot vac summer. (laughs) That's what she says. And yet she's doing the view remotely from D.C. And she probably doesn't want to have to go back into the studio in New York. Absolutely. But what? But I'm going to go travel and do my hot vac summer. I'm like, except go to work. It's funny that some people and we know Whoopi doesn't want to go back. She'll stay in Howard Stern. He would stay in his house forever. However, there are people such as Bill Maher, who is back in the studio and that motherfucker already got COVID, even though he's fully vaccinated. 
And you know he wanted to go back so bad. He was thirsty. Oh, he so about bad. It. Oh, he needs the audience. He wants to go on the the road. He is so annoyed. There's only twelve people there. All of the, and he was like it. mad at his writers that they want right. to do it remotely. Right. And I mean, that's the thing. People who don't want to go back to work will use the excuse that they are concerned that other people aren't vaccinated. Or they'll use the excuse that they are concerned with people at their job who no longer have to wear masks. Or maybe it's the opposite, whatever. But they're concerned. Maybe some people don't want to have to wear the mask all day at work and their job still requires it. Or the social distance aspect. I don't know. But I'll tell you this. I'll tell you. I don't want to wear the mask, but at the same time, I'm afraid not to wear the mask. Well, I would use any excuse not to go to work. I, I don't care <laughs> what the excuse is. I'd be like, okay, so we don't have to wear the mask, but we still have to social distance or we have to do I'd be like, mm, yeah, I'm not comfortable. I mean, anything no, it would take, particularly true. to go right on Bill Maher, I'd be like, you know what? I just don't feel comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. And why not Zoom and, you know. So I, no, so I don't blame people. And I guess a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people aren't trying to go back to work yeah, no, right they're now not trying to be like i don't want to see you i don't want to sit in the room with you i don't need your peggy davis eyes no. making me feel bad i don't want to also right now especially right now no one wants to be looked at no one wants to be seen in person no. because i haven't put on a pair of pants that doesn't have an elastic waistband no. for a year uh and now I can't, I mean. No, and when I did, I had a fupa and then went into a shame spiral. And I will say, oh. I don't want, I want to not wear the mask. And then when I go, but I don't need like a Karen jumping from the bushes, screaming at me, <laughs> shaming me. And that said, I've also been in an environment where no one has masks on and I get extremely uncomfortable exactly. when I, when I watch you do stand up and I wanted to discreetly go into my purse and put my mask on. And then I also got too insecure to do it. Like I'm such a fucking joiner that I'm like. <laughs> What's everyone else doing? I can't go against people. Like I, I, oh. I did not have the balls to go and be the sole tool with the mask on. Right. And then, but then it's like no one. I don't. I, I don't know where the social cues are. I don't know where they are either. But I know this. I know that the the level of my fupa that a Karen <laughs> is gonna yell from the bushes to put a mask, put a mask on, on, on the fupa. fupa. Yeah, like, that's how big it is. And I'm so. And I can't. I just maybe don't. if everyone masked their fupas, we could all transition more easily. I need to, I literally have to put a cod piece on my fupa. <laughs> Karens need to yell about the masks. We need to hide our fupas, and I mean, everybody can come together. In one peaceful FUPA mask union. <laughs> and it will be interesting to see how the whole thing comes out in the wash. I mean, I do wonder. Because I, I, I mean, I don't know. It's like I'm on both sides. I want the mask off and then I don't want it off. Well, and that's I'm, what I'm saying. Know, that's like where we're at we're right on now. Both sides. I do think that's where we're at right now. And I do think that's okay. Because we all have boobs and all our boobs are okay. Are okay. And it's okay. Like we're all in my, you know. My but me and you never yelled at anyone. I would never. I would never. never. But ever. we also did get yelled at and then yes. wanted to punch a bitch in the face. And I will. <laughs> and at this point, my foop is going to punch you in the fucking face. That's how... I don't want to be yelled at, but at the same time, we're all going to have to go through a very crazy transition and we're all psychologically ma maimed and we are maimed. There's no way. And my neuroses and, and, and is, yeah. is off the, off the chart, off the chart. Well, it is going to be interesting to see how it all comes out in the wash. But for now, the load is extra full now <laughs> with sheets and towels and dog beds yeah. and like yeah, period underwear. And yeah. it needs an extra rinse before we can even see if it's done. Yeah. But in the meantime, I don't know if you know, yeah. but Walmart, Costco, Trader Joe's, CVS, Starbucks, and Target have all announced officially that they won't require masks for people who've been vaccinated. But again, 
It all depends on where you live. Because again, we all saw what happened when old Ricky Schroeder carried out on the dude working at Costco in LA. First of all, the fact that they're calling him Ricky, I love because he wants to be called Rick. No, we will not. And he can suck all the dicks. No offense. Not in a good way. In the he world. He can suck them in his bed that's shaped like a Trans Am in his rich fucking house where he gets on the train where I would watch the show and then go and confront my parents and be like, listen, I feel strongly I was adopted. I know that I'm rich. I know that I live with Ricky Schroeder. <laughs> I asked for his, that bed. I asked for the I mean, car bed. And you think entire room. Phyllis Goldman was like, <laughs> you think that you're going to get a car bed, young lady? No, no, no. Also, he's such a fucking douche and fine. I understand. You don't want to wear the mask, but who cares? Also, the guy who told me I had to put the mask on is just some guy making fucking minimum the poor wage. Guy. Who, I mean, let's assume he's in middle management at Costco. But okay, fine. He's still doing what he's told to do. And the rule of Costco currently is you still have to wear a mask. And you so know what? So wear the stupid mask. Ricky was lucky the guy didn't let him in because if he had the audacity to walk down the street in Costco <laughs> without his mask, somebody would have jumped out the bushes and stabbed him in the eyeball. <laughs> so put your mask on, bitch. I'll tell you this. Ricky Schroeder is lucky it wasn't me <laughs> at Costco who because that guy was at least classy and respectable and i would have been like why don't you give some more money to kyle rittenhouse you piece of fucking yeah, shit asshole douche garbage asshole i am concerned about the fact that we were inundated and indoctrinated with children with aspirational bedrooms like punky brewster and him <laughs> and even arnold and willis Ooh, yeah. and now we've turned into capitalistic nightmares well i'm definitely I realized that because of those bedrooms, car bed, I'm, you're lucky I don't have a car bed in here right now. I literally would and am. I am relitigating, reliving <laughs> and relitigating my childhood because I didn't get, and I'm not saying I had some horrible childhood, I had a great childhood. No, I'm well, just saying that the lesbian. It's the reason that we're materialistic and um, shallow and only yeah. care about money. Right. Period. That's right. That's the reason. And also blame right. Ricky Schroeder. Blame Soleil Moonfry. Right. That's where we're at. And it's making like, making a bedroom look like it was supposed to be exciting. Oh, you got... Wh where are those stars on the top of your exactly. roof or ceiling and, and all kinds of like crazy cool things in a bedroom? It was like I had pink wallpaper and balloon things on the... On the on now, the, to some people, that sounds nice. That's true. Yeah. And it was nice. <laughs> well, you know what? In addition to our new Naked Face Festival... That's right. It's like the Coachella for our faces. Hey, Coachella Face Festival is here, you guys. The child tax credit officially starts on July 15th, meaning basically anyone who makes under $75,000 a year will get $250 or $300 per child, depending on the age of said child. It's pretty fucking awesome, especially now that the pandemic is over and inflation has set in. The prices of everything are going up, and we mean everything. A lot of people are in the hole with back payments on bills and rent and underwater with credit cards and student loans, and this child tax credit getting directly deposited in people's bank accounts once a month and every month for the next year is really going to help people who badly need help. Now, it's not going to help me. It's not going to help us. <laughs> it's not going to help But us. these motherfuckers, starting on July 15th, are about to get $300 a month put into their account and it might seem, you know, whatever, but we, we are all here for yeah. the stimulus yes. money yes. and the free yes. money and the yes. free money. Yes. And now I will say we know several different families 
who managed to pick up and move their entire families out of state during this pandemic. Amazing. Many of those families moved to places that would be more affordable. Like the reason they moved is because it would be more affordable and manageable Mm -hmm. for the future of their kids. Mm -hmm. And even though all of the people that we know who moved were in the black enough to even make that happen, they were just privileged enough or I mean, I don't even want to say that they were clearly stressed and struggling in the pandemic, but they were like, let's just fucking do this. Yeah, they could make it happen. Literally every single family we know that moved will get this child tax credit. And even though they could afford to move, it will still make a huge difference for these people that we know. Yes. And that said, imagine the families who haven't been able to afford to move. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. like you want to move, you know, you should. You're like, well, this sucks. This is a nightmare. I want to move somewhere where I can fucking pay $500 and live in a mansion or whatever the fuck rent. I mean, honestly, the other day (laughs) I saw a guy out in front of our French mail place. Okay. uh With all of his kids, there was probably like, I would say four kids varying from like an infant, not even that old to maybe like six. And his mother or his mother-in-law in a wheelchair. Okay. Oh my god. And I don't even care if the bitch was faking in the wheelchair, like <sighs> like they do, and like when you go to Rome, and there's like those ladies who pretend they're like they're hunched over and they're they're faking it. Oh, uh huh. I literally didn't even care. I was so shook by the thought of this grown man dragging <laughs> his four kids and his old ass mother <laughs> down to the mail place. That I, I like drove by and was like, huh, mind my own business. I'm like, God, why is like Ruth like not into me like she used to be? And yeah. then I'm like, and then I go, whoa, 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 wait. I get all the way to the end of the street and then I go, was that a fucking grown man with four kids mm. and a woman in a wheelchair? Mm. I turn around. The guy was already on the street. He, do you know how many times that happened to him that day? How many dumb bitches passed and were like, hey, guy. And then they're like, wait, what the fuck? And then they flipped a uterus at the end of the street like me. He was already waiting for me. I'm not even going to say how much money I gave him. I was beyond. And you know what? I've never seen him since either. It's not like he's out there. It's not oh, it's like not his his beat. I guarantee you the guy's mm. like horrified. I got to make this rent yeah. or we're on the fucking streets yeah. and I'm about to get get in the car or get on the bike and let's go get in the wheelchair and let's I, he went down to Goodwill got that fucking wheelchair and I'm gonna slow clap for his shit like I'm like <laughs> I have never felt like I was like way to go way to make it happen oh. it's like that's the feeling of this tax credit it's a huge 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 deal yeah it's, it's amazing huge. it's amazing and yet people want to say it's some socialist agenda it's dangerous I just need I didn't need to say Liz Cheney said, oh, here we go with this bitch. (laughs) And I'm sorry. And not to take a tangent, not to take a tangent. Take one because we're not even here for Liz Cheney. We don't even Liz Cheney. We don't give a fuck. Fuck off. You're not a hero. (laughs) No, you're not a superstar. You're not courageous. No. So you told the truth. This is the bar that we have that you told the truth. I don't give a fuck. And how much money has she raised, too, from that? Oh, please. It's like all of them. And also, you you voted with Trump 97% of the time. You're so conservative, it's repugnant. Yeah. And... You are the you literally said the words Joe Biden's um, policies are dangerous. I'm sorry. 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 sorry. Joe Biden's socialist policies are dangerous for the company for the company. (laughs) Our company cannot handle these policies (laughs) for the country, including this 
tax credit for for people who need it for these kids she can go jump off a bridge i don't care i don't want to no. hear it what he's doing what he's doing is courageous and brave and important and honest and authentic and what we need for the country not her i hope she gets fired more Okay, now it's time for us to schmooze an important person and hopefully make some goddamn connections. Another heart has made the trade. Forget it, forget it, forget it. I don't understand how a heart is a spade, but somehow it lies, a connection is made. This is our segment called Making Connections, where we connect with someone more successful than us in an attempt to make ourselves look admirable and accomplished to our 14 listeners. And if at any point in the interview there's a good opening, we will hit said guest up for a job and or other connections that could benefit us in the future, like art and amazing laptop stands. And we are very excited about connecting with our very connected guest today. He's a 90s gay icon from season one of The Real World on MTV. And if you just so happen to be born yesterday under a rock <laughs> that was situated in a large field somewhere off the grid, The Real World on MTV is a multi-pronged television juggernaut that was so fucking influential, there's not a single thing on TV today that isn't somehow connected to it. And in our opinion, our guest today was the most important cast member of the most important season. On the Wikipedia page of LGBTQI firsts listed by year we expected to see under 1992 the first out lgbtq series regular on the first docu-series in american history but it's not there and that's why wikipedia is a shitty tainted compost bin well he might not be on that wikipedia page but he's here on our shitty podcast and forever in our hearts He's not only a gay icon, he's also a super talented artist, painter, writer, director, and inventor. He's a goddamn modern-day polymath, <laughs> but he's finally back on our TVs with the real-world homecoming on Paramount+. Plus. So without further ado, it's time to start making connections with Norman Corpy. Hey, Norman. Hi, Norman. How are you gals doing? <laughs> making it work. So excited I'm to... Stir up some shit. I, what is this? This 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 resume, this... I've been forgotten <laughs> at Wikipedia. Let's stir up some shit, you know. Good God. Okay, so thank you so much for doing the show. Now, I hate when I see YouTubers talk to just like an incredible icon and say, you know, I was an embryo. I was in kindergarten, <laughs> so we're not going to do any mm -hmm. of that. But I do want to say from the bottom of my heart, MTV was I'm an only child. MTV was my whole world growing up. And I was obsessed with the real world. And I was obsessed, obsessed with you. You had to have changed just like so many lives. Um, in, it, it was uh, where to even start. Uh, yes, definitely. I, I, I definitely touched a lot of people's lives. And, you know, it was a time when change needed to happen. And, um, you know, as I was in New York um, at the time. And, you know, New Yorkers always kind of pride themselves of like really not getting caught up with that plastic American television that was going on with the current landscape of television in 92. And I was part of a group called Queer Nation and Act Up. And we would do a lot of different like mm. just showing up and just doing makeout sessions at like straight bars and all these kinds of crazy antics, you know, to try to like draw some attention to ourselves because we were so left out of everything. 
And then, you know, the real world came along and I was like, this is such a perfect vehicle. Like they, you know, back in the day, they weren't really allowed to ask you. They could say, are you single? And they really wanted single people on the show. But they were like uh, not asking the gay question because you, you really couldn't ask that. It was kind of illegal or taboo and people would not out themselves. And so unless you were so out or you were dying of AIDS and it was just something was happening that was like so like, OK, ew, there's an out person. I'm scared. Um, that was a taboo question even back in the day with contracts. And but wow. for me, having that background of trying to gain visibility um, out there, this was seemed like such a great vehicle to kind of like, you know, like this was going to be like a nationally rolled out show. And we really hadn't seen anybody like myself sharing their sexual experiences, you know, out in public and any dimension, you know, that was coming. So, um I really didn't think they were going to give me the, the, the contract and, and they definitely had to work around that point when like, oh, well, you asked who I date. You didn't ask who I date. And I said, you know, Paul that lives with me, I've been dating him for about two years now. And so um, and they're like, oh, really? And then they had to think about that for a couple more moments. But <laughs> the thing with changing people's lives was just that was just like here's MTV was the vehicle, the creative vehicle for young kids, you know, it, back in 92. um there wasn't a lot of um there wasn't there just wasn't a lot especially in the middle of part of the country there wasn't a lot of dialogue people didn't know how to interact with people there just wasn't anything to bounce off of um and this show really proved to be so much more than i had expected and it really comes down to the dynamics of the cast like i really have to hand it even more than just coming out it was more about being accepted by a group of people that were different because now you're seeing a diversity that you hadn't seen on television too i mean with heather and kevin on board and then julie from the south you saw such a diversity of people on the hippest channel on television you know forget like the networks the kids were watching mtv back in the day when you only had like 16 channels and this diversity and the acceptance in that diversity was really a a, a point that changed and i think i think the gay community and and wikipedia and all of them really missed the boat on like how I was accepted created a huge bridge across the country for them to start being accepted because it was the other group that was the 90% the other people that actually said hey my brother my sister you know all these people I know are gay or lesbian or or transgendered or any of these kinds of things you know it opened a dialogue and said they're on the cool channel I can talk about this because they're cool you know yeah. rather than I'm embarrassed and they're gay that scary little center on, on a dirty little road and open that brown paper bag with like, you know, the advocate magazine in it. You know what I mean? Like that was, that was it. And I think the gays completely missed the boat on that yep. seat change mm -hmm. that I was part of. You know, they just kind of like, oh, it's, mm, he's on TV. It must have been narcissistic. Mm. Well, the straights didn't miss it. The straights were the straights Guys, were right there. That's right. <laughs> you know, now we we watched the whole season one before we watched Homecoming. We had to, and it it really struck me, um, one how political it was. Not just political, like you know, diversity and blah blah blah. Like literally electoral politics. <laughs> it it was it was shocking. It was particularly you. Well, I'd like to know: Were you the most? political you came into the show like that right you were you were already into politics and fucking voting and yeah i you know i went to school in manhattan at cooper union and when we realized how what a 
disastrous state South Africa was in, we launched one of the first collegiate programs to divest our university from South Africa and force the trustees to pull any money with Citibank and everybody out of it. Wow. We're like, that is just not happening. You're like, wow. this is ridiculous. And so, and I was very fortunate. I'm, I'm not sure where you're at, but there was a group of like women who were just were not being put into any kind of museums or shows or nothing. And there was a group called the Gorilla Girls back in the day, and they were a really powerful art institution. And so one of them was a professor of mine. She was secret. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, but it was like ridiculous, just so so much inequality that you know was happening, and and you know once you hear about these things, you can't really turn your back on it. You know, like woo, you know, I didn't hear that. Sorry, you know, no, like you heard it. How, now evolve and, and do something about it. You know, so that always became part of my folklore. Was like, okay, let's just you, what's wrong? Let's get more people on the bus. Let's you know, let's let's have a party here. Let's this is ridiculous. So I was in a rare position because, you know what, I was an artist. It wasn't like I was trying to be like Johnny Depp or something on television to get some, you know, CAA agent and get this big salary. <laughs> you know, I was like, let's aim that camera where it should go. Let's point that that puppy, you know, let's bring it down. A lot of stuff didn't make it. You know, I was very good friends with RuPaul and still is. And, you know, I was at the first Wigs talk and, you know, my boyfriend was uh, Tina and 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 um, David Darrowremple and they did all the clothing and my friends started um, World of Wonder and I we all did all kinds of programming on on cable access you know with like, Randy and Fenton and all that so we were all kind of shitsters back in the day in the East Village and um, this was just such a great platform to kind of like expand all that but a lot of that didn't get on camera there's like going to the pyramid didn't show up lady bunny uh, coming to my birthday parties oh my a lot God. of because drag queens on mtv in 92 were like toxic it was like what these are my besties this is ridiculous you know uh, people don't <laughs> my mind is blown right now my mind is blown as as the gay in the group i don't think that this is getting enough uh, credit clearly for the ground that you laid for us and for other people the people that were doing any activist work any putting yourself out there at all was a risk i don't think mm -hmm. people realize what the risk that you were taking and that how much how much that did for other people but you were behind the motherfucking scenes you were behind <laughs> the scenes in the movement really yeah. like making making strides well you said in the sh in the sh homecoming that people did they turn on you? Not these people you mentioned. Well, that was was so that was was so interesting is because people because I was in the scene, and when something is sold as the real world and you see that you know when people start seeing the first couple episodes and then my life is dwarfed or changed or diminished. I was a kind of like a background flavor back in the day, and then you know they start prating up the bisexual like label and they start doing this like a lot of the gay community started to like go you know, they just kind of turned. It wasn't what, you know, they had were hoping for or whatever they were hoping right, for. Right, right. Um, they, 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 uh, they, it's like they want everything in a moment. Yep. And when you look at the trajectory of the show where we're, 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 we, we have people like Pedro and we have, we've, the show has, thank God has went on that trajectory to include people and many people's stories. You just can't tell everybody's story in one person. Right, right. God thanks. And you everything know? can yeah. happen in a moment. I right. love that. They want everything in a moment. It's, it's yeah. every group. Have you oh, watched yeah. season one? Like literally in the last decade, your season, have you watched it? 
Um, I did go and watch it in um, in around June, right around when uh, the George Floyd, which is coming up on that terrible anniversary, and then MTV relaunched it last June to kind of go like, oh, hey, we were talking about this, you know, with Rodney King in the video, you know, like, and then they reran the show. And I think it was that interest that got spun up that put somebody's mind to say, let's do a reunion. But yes, I, I did check it out because a lot of millennials were like commenting on us and uh, like out of context because they were an embryo and they were like, <laughs> oh, you could, why can't you be so brave? Or do you, you know, they, they completely took the, how I was reading their comments of how they experienced the show today was like, you know, I'm like, you have no, like cancel me basically. It was like, cancel. Yeah. no idea what the world was like. I mean, if you had a gay person in a movie it was the same as saying fuck. It was an R rating. Like you, gay person in a movie in 92, R rating. That's that's how, that's what it the universe was like, yep. you know? Yeah. For me, I was thinking, we have hours of conversation recently from watching you and being like, where were we seeing? Where is it Billy Crystal and fucking Soap? And he's not even gay. <laughs> and that, you know what I mean? I'm thinking like, there was literally no one. You were the very first... Not to mention that you're the first that, you know, in the 90s was the slew of, oh, L, every movie, L, every gay man has AIDS, everyone's sad, everyone's dying, can't you just love us? Like, it was just so, and it was just darkness. It was darkness. Right. So, for, so I just want to say, to see a gay man on TV who's like, <laughs> like live it. you know what i mean this isn't about that this is about uh, what other people yeah. go through this is about living and partying and yeah. an art an art and new york Plus at the time hey hunt you know he, he's out there he's got a gun and he goes hunting deer and stuff he's like what what's this I'm, my head's gonna pop off what happened with charles oh i think well uh, rumor i i a rumor had i just because i only read it in the press is that you know through the multitudes of him changing. Oh my God, what a story. God, we could just have a whole podcast on that. <laughs> on Sexy you know, Charles. Sexy Charles, who who end himself, who was the first person that, who end himself, like he was out, like he met, you know, he was a big prominent person in like ACT UP out of the San Francisco branch. And then he was here and then we dated. And then all of a sudden he wound himself into getting a talk show called the Charles Perez Show. And then he end himself and said he was straight. And then I was stalking him and then had all of these people try, like started spreading rumor, like I'm in Los Angeles and there'd be like all, all of his people at Tribune would be like, oh, um, you know, Norman just made this all up. They tried to sue um, MTV because he was straight and, and changed his name from Dabney to Perez. And, to, and then all this. And then I had like had no one wanted to hire me. I was toxic gay. So we started gay entertainment television in Manhattan, did all this programming. So I did party talk and all this stuff, you know, the beginnings of all these things and, you know, gave space for like Leah Delaria and, and, oh and Frank and all the good fun people to come on the yeah. show. Wow. And we were right on right after um, um, anyway, so we we brought our to Nappy. We went to to there and and, and there was big posters of the Charles Perez, you know, and, he, and promoting the, his upcoming talk show. And I was so excited because I was thinking, oh, it's gonna be like this big gay talk show and all this big thing. And this is probably like ninety six or five or so. So I'm like all excited. And then we've just been interviewed to death because it's like drag queens on CNN for the first time. And um, we go praying down because I want to go see Charles Perez and the Tribune people almost shit their pants when they saw me coming and like sent, flew him back to New York immediately to protect him, to keep him, 
keep him straight and keep him away. And then they try to like launch this whole lawsuit against like Viacom, you know, saying that it wasn't him and that they they had screened him into the show and all this kind of stuff. So you guys that was kiss. A, you kiss. They show you kissing uh, on the show. Uh, it's is, crazy. Which was crazy Wasn't anyway. Like probably the first like yes. you know, same sex kiss. Has to be. On a show, even and and, and that's the other like amazing thing because I, I became good friends with Lance Loud, dated Lance Loud, ran all over the place, lived with him, uh, motorcycles, all the good stuff. And even back <laughs> then, his whole universe was like you know I wasn't yeah I was gay on the show, but it was like the world was like I was more like glam rock, you know it wasn't like oh I'm gay let's see my experience. It was more like oh we were watching an episode of The Sweet running around playing a band, you know yeah. it wasn't. Like my story came into actually discussing a sexuality in a relationship, which really hadn't, you know, that is a, an entirely different market than going like, well, I think Paul Lindy was kind of gay, or you know, <laughs> you know, all these. I I watched like it was so interesting this the visibility uh, like documentary, which uh whatever I'm a footnote as far as like <laughs> ridiculous here, the history of gay television. I'm less than a footnote. Like um how did that happen? But like these millennials get in here and they remake history and then a lot of the people who you kind of already knew were gay or whatever running around like Liberace or Elton John have reactivated their stories to re-put their whole timeline there. I'm like, oh, someone get the timeline correct here. That's right. You know? <laughs> the two, the two I'm guys... like, I have enough to do. I got to paint, figure out how to pay rent. <laughs> Tell us your story. When did you, when did you, and how did you come out? Like, we're wondering if you're, because you came to the show, obviously very politically minded. Was your family political? Oh, my, no. My dad's like a UPS truck driver. and But, you know, it's interesting. My mom's one of the first female umpires in baseball mm. back in the 70s and in Detroit. And, boy, we, we the Pinto would almost get put upside <laughs> down. She'd make outs and it's like, this, rah. she's like this tough little Sicilian woman. And um, and my dad was always in all the sports. He played them all. And, and uh, so they're, su and they're super sports-minded. So Is your me, dad giving a sexy Kevin James type of UPS vibe? Yeah, he's... Yeah. he's you know, pretty you know he's a good looking he's a good looking man in his 80s he's yeah they uh you know what to do with norm you know the kids weren't super excited um with me in uh, in public high school you know i was either mexican or was japanese and then one year it was this and then finally i was gay and then i was screwing cows and you know in between just like you know having lots of friends in middle school to like nobody would touch me with a 10-foot pole you know um because even you were the, seeming gay were you were, Why were you? I was the other. It was a very kind of white school <clears throat> outside of Lansing. And, um, you know, I just, I, not that I'm super dark, but I do get, you know, kind of tan, but, you know, my, my Italian complexion. And, uh, yeah, so for, I was the other, you know, they, everyone needs an other to, to pick on, you know? And, um, so there was like me, there was a couple other kids that were obviously villain, like they look like the gay people. So let's, you know, drown them in the toilet of shit and let's break their nose and break their fingers and break their things. And it got to be kind of repetitive and awful. And, um, I, uh, went to a counselor to try to move to another school. And that's when they said, Oh, you know, you painted all these murals in this art. We could get you into this interlock and arts Academy. That's like super high school of artists. It's like fame school here in Michigan. And, uh, so we drove up there to Traverse city and, they showed my portfolio and they're like, oh my gosh, here's a scholarship. And my parents are like, what? How are you going to pay for this? Isn't it? You know? 
it changed my life. I was like, all of a sudden I was going to school with David Lynch's kids, Jennifer Lynch, which I'm good friends with, like, you know, Wynton Marcella's kids. It went from like there to like, you know, Alicia Keys and all of these people going to school, like Jewel, you know, like everyone in this like super school. And um, it was so night and day. We had about 400 and some students and there was a guy, uh, Tom and George, and they ran for homecoming king and queen. And the student body, and this is in 83 or 82, 83. They won. And it pissed off these other two rich kids that were from Chicago, you know. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm gone from the school of, like, full diversity. I mean, it was, like, full, like, there every diversity. I mean, we people from Japan, like, everybody around the world competes to get into the school. And um, I, it was, like, in heaven. And it literally accelerated everything about me. And, and it gave me the kind of the the confidence to go to new york you know like to go into this other world and 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 being around people from around the world i mean you know we had like 12 people from saudi arabia that went to the school you know there's like 30 people there were more people outside of michigan that went to the school than inside of michigan that went to the school so um just being around that group of people and it was kind of very real world that like you know like i went and then i had that living with others for the first time through high school you know, like people that were different from me, very different backgrounds. People got in there because of their talent and the school had a lot of money to give people, you know, like myself to get into a school like this. And so it wasn't like that crazy boarding school where you show up in like a, a very fancy car and everyone's, bleh, you know, like Choate or something nasty. Or, I love, I did sleep with a guy from Choate. He was hot though. <laughs> <laughs> did you come out at this age at this school? So, yeah. So it completely gave me that you know, ability, yes, you know, to move forward, because there was like support, it was like nuts, it was like all of a sudden there was, there was like 30 different openly gay and lesbian people in high school in 82 on wow. campus. Can you imagine it's that? insane. No, I can't imagine that. So I followed them to New York. So they lived in New York and they set up shop there and they, they graduated the year ahead of me and then I got into the Cooper Union, which was like tuition free, which I, and then that was the, the, the really super benefit of going to that school was that all these universities come in like they want you they give you tuition like free to come in and so and being me highly dyslexic you know i really needed you know a, a good art school to kind of take me in because my other grades were, were a little iffy so your parents but, were they accepting of your they just thought uh, accolades like i'd come in and I, all of a sudden i was a presidential scholar in high school and then all of a sudden i get these scholarships and so the award thing kind of like distracted everybody in the hometown. Like, look, he went to this great boarding school. Look, he's going to this big college in New York. Like there was all of these bigger things that these other people were blowing people's minds away. Like they're going to go to Michigan state or something, you know, like that was going to be the big thing. And all of a sudden, like, what? so there was a lot of that to kind of like do a shell game with them. Yeah. You know, <laughs> was it in New York that you got into act up? Yeah. So that was like, so I was like, or probably the first of 19 people in that group. Mm -hmm. Um, there, my professor was Douglas Crimp. So Douglas started the group with, um, two other guys, you know, obviously Larry Kramer, very famous. And, um, eventually Cooper union became the hosting site for act up and oh, so oh, wow. our whole class like you know we it was like an art and theory class and stuff and so um and we had lost like oh four it, my class is very small it's only like 50 people um a class in the art school and then the architecture school is 18 and so small school and um we lost like three people my freshman year like to like in 85 you know and it was like and they're young and like it's terrible they were just beautiful i couldn't believe it you know so it was really 
really really like what is going on and and so he took the whole class he's like this is really important so it was over at the center on the 13th street you know and then the room started swelling and i you know was there when like um susan sarandon came in and she was pissed one day and we were like oh my god that's susan sarandon she's in the corner she just fired up like a fire like people were just I, the energy back then was so intense people mm. just stand up and trying to figure out and the fear and the just the emotion that was going on in those things and you were just boom okay so let's move to now i mean above all else i mean you're an incredible fucking artist incredible so we got it you have to tell our 14 listeners one about the art you're working on now yeah. and also and the- about this invention and this i mean this yeah. computer stand i can tell you this so this diet got a wop <laughs> and was on there and like almost shed a tear she couldn't get that computer stand i mean she was i'm getting it now yeah. i am getting yeah. it now it's on its yeah. way i'm and so excited yeah you're actually on one of the a stands right now it makes a perfect like you know stand for your um for doing this you know yeah, yeah. for your zooming I, I your books too you know I, well if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about yeah, tell us, tell, tell tell them about the computer stand. We're just going to, you know, and, and your art. Yes. And so, um, I, you know, part of my whole process is the, the creative process and, and making solutions, which is both art and uh, product design. And I, I was having problems, you know, I was on a plane and I was doing a lot of writing and I couldn't use my computer. People would recline the seat and the, the screen was inverted towards <laughs> yes. and there was not enough space and I, and I had to do work, artwork or writing problem so then i started playing with different angles of like how could i support this you know and it evolved from there to just kind of create a very adaptive stand that would be able to transform you know so you could use it as a table you could use it as like a 45 degree angle you could you know it's it fits in your purse it's like the size of a magazine you've got a big purse um and i do you could have like a double workstation so if you're on a train and if you could work within the environment of a plane you know that 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 size of a space and you could pretty much work anywhere from a car you could expand it upwards a car place or anything um and it's 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 it's, a stands for adaptive our country or my company is called adaptive origins i like to try to like make objects that have multiple functions you know you want to have something that can do like a swiss army knife like why just have one thing look this way when it can do 20 things at once so the a stand really can become a case it becoming a stand um you could do your nails on it you know you can kind of put it in an angle which i need and i love in in an early iteration of like the ad they showed someone's mm-hmm. fucking sleeping on it on a plane. I was like, yes, I will be doing that. Yeah, that and especially <laughs> going back and forth to um, China to, when I found the to, you know, I did everything from like doing the designs to then getting the CAD work done and then going to find the people and then doing vetting out factories and making sure no one's doing slave labor and all the rest of that crazy stuff, making sure they're not going to rip me off. And I was like a lot. I'm like an artist. I'm, I'm dyslexic. I can't believe this is happening. You write these <laughs> patterns. Somehow you just go, you do it, and make it happen. And so yeah, you can like sleep on it and lay down. You can use it as a pillow rest if you're laying on the floor. You just put it on an angle and put a pillow right next to it. It's super sturdy. So a lot of people make these stands and they just look glamorous and pretty. And but you can't type on it. Like right now, I'm like banging on this. <laughs> well, Julie it's... wanted it, and I remember her telling me like, "You could. This is perfect for you because I I lay flat in bed on a pillow with my computer on my yeah. lap." And she's yeah. like, you could use this because I, I always lay down on the computer. And she's like, this, you need this. You need this. We need this. I need this. I mean, this thing is incredible. It, 
I first, can't wait. like, I can't oh wait. open it, it gets a little crazy, but just uh, you'll get it in a few minutes and then <clears throat> it's good to go. Um, and uh, I, I've been really happy with it. Of course, there's certain things I didn't get, like, you know, um, don't name something with a keyword because then Google and Amazon will make you pay a fortune because even though that's your copyrighted name, you have to pay for it. So, anybody that just has Joe Schmo stand. You know, you type Joe Schmo saying you see it. You go to Amazon, you type my thing. You can't see it because I got to pay $1,000 a day because it's a keyword. Because a stand is a word that's key. Like you have all these oh. searchable words. So like, you shouldn't what? even be on Amazon. Fuck Amazon. They're like Google. What? They're ruining everything. Ruin it. Oh, so this is, I, I can't even like, I'm, the amount of money I've got to spend on advertising wow. to sell one is ridiculous. So I don't know. Uh, that's That's learning experience. Right there. And then, you know, and it's just the artwork. Yeah. So the artwork has always been kind of a part of me. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm embarking on a series called, uh, there's going to be 74 different types of art from Norm. So it's almost going to be like a big wheel. It's going to be a Klendrick wheel. And it's all about time. So that's a whole other thing. But every one of the series has something to do with time. So I'll just give you a little, little clue because I'll just, it's a lot to talk about. But you know, for instance, I, and I learned all these good things at Cooper and then went off to Yale and it was all about like the art and math stuff. And um, I had with Joseph Campbell's and all these crazy, wonderful professors. But so much of our history is built upon like figuring out time, like how we go around the earth and the sun and the moon and our calendar and planting and finding things and all that stuff. So we've built myths over all these years and you can, you know, break it all down. It's going fast. But um, I was blown away in that class when a deck of cards has 52 cards in it. And then he's like, well, how many weeks are um, in a year? And you're like, oh, 52. And there's four suits and there's four seasons. So you're talking about something to do with time. So my artwork is now becoming embedded on all of these things, but I'm, I'm, I'm adapting it to the tarot cards, which actually have this elliptical plane, whatever. But what happens is I make these wonderful little series, like, you know, rabbits. And so once I get done with the four, then I go off to like 19 or four or whatever. And I, so I'm, I'm doing all these series until we do 74 different series. And then it'll be revealed how this is all just a gigantic calculator, a personal calculator. So when the computers break down, you can keep track of time, even though like every lunar year, there's like four, you know, there's a leap year. Well, that's a time to correct. And that's when you have all these mythologies and things like this. So there's all this stuff. Will, your, will this be a show that you put like an exhibit? this wheel with all the i'll probably be dead and i'll probably have to like you know will <laughs> to like complete this entire like crazy map of art that's going on you know i don't have to do it all we'll <laughs> but, put us on know. the list so for your yes. for your posthumous like art project we will come and help and yes. then we'll just like carry stuff <laughs> julie can move couches and she's good at that now yeah. before we let you go tell our 14 listeners where they can find you um, where you want people to visit your website or Twitter or whatever, whatever. How do you want people to follow you? And where Trust they can get that stand. Followers. Where they can get that stand. They can get that stand at um, uh, stand.com and a stand and you can get it at amazon because we did se send some into there there's a limited supply so hurry while it lasts we're going to try to make more of them and you can find my artwork at my name norman corpy that's spelled with a k k-o-r-p-i normancorpy.com or you can look at wikipedia and find that i'm not very important in the gay community <laughs> go and buy some art out of pity <laughs> we urge our listeners at least you guys like at least go check this stand out and i mean 
good luck if you want to look at the art and yeah, get a WAP and be like, it's not available to you, but you can <laughs> and you can admire it and enjoy it. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful will, art. Yes, yeah, yeah. more art will be coming up. I'll be doing like little like I like to do fun things. We'll have like a garage sale, and then some stuff is gonna be really expensive, like over a hundred thousand dollars. You might want to get in on that because it's a big head <laughs> trap. It's gonna be big, and people are like what he's selling that for that. But someone's got to compete with Damien Hurst. These people, you know, I know all of them from the beginning. I was there with Jeff Koons as he was sitting in a room when I was at Donald Bachelor's loft, and I'm like, "What is this guy doing?" Fancy. I want to tell you that I'm so mad at Damien Hurst because he, I'm, I got duped. I got fucking duped by Damien Hurst on that stupid fucking documentary, and I believed it. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know what you're talking about? You got duped. Oh no. He pre- he well, made a he made a documentary that it was like we found this. This this underwater world and the statues and the da 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 and we can't no one and they car they carbon dated it and they did they literally went through every single fucking thing where car like for archaeol that archaeologists do so it was believable. We have to do like a sea monkey oh. documentary and do it like in the in the in the mode of Damien Hurst like a little a little video vignette for YouTube and we should redo it with like sea monkeys and yes. and a little. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. We'll have it narrated. Yeah. Yeah, I love Troll that. the queens, honey. Troll <laughs> the queens. Thank you so much. Thank it you. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for all the work that you did for all of us. Thank you for being... You know, enjoy yeah. your enjoy your moment. It's going to keep coming. You, your whole life has been a moment. I mean, we're we are living in your shadow of the polymath of, of Norman Corpy. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You guys have been a pleasure to talk to today. You too. <laughs> you too. All, right. all right. Ciao. Now it's time for So There's That. All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the giant zombie pandemic QAnon nightmare that we are all living in right now. She's always hated doing it, but it goes without saying that it's beyond hard for her to find something to be hopeful about when she lays on the couch staring at a bleeding titanium <laughs> wound in place of her old knee. But she's basically like a workhorse on steroids, and I'm her abusive jockey on Adderall. <laughs> and together, we get the shit done. Right, Meow Meow? That's right. It might not always be good, but it will always be there, <laughs> maybe late, and it will always be hopeful despite Julie and my seething rage and resentment about having to do it at all. So tell us, Meow Meow, what is your so there's that moment? For, I'm really curious what your so there's I'm that like moment. I'm like really into this, so <laughs> let me just get right into it, okay? Okay. I found this story, and I thought it was just... Feel good, sweet home Alabama, walking on sunshine, bye-bye Miss American Pie type dessert. Okay. Now, on this show before, or maybe it was one of the Patreons, we've explored the world of coins. Coin- Quans? Quans. 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 Yes, Quans. we love the Quans. Quan collecting, Quan appraisal, people who love Quans, Quan apparel, Quan literature, Quan... Just all like a coin QVC we've watched. Yes. yes. Right. And I think we did a whole Patreon on it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Unfortunately for everyone. Now, why is anyone interested in Quans? We have asked ourselves all the questions. 
Now, remember I had a whole dream about how we took all of your grandfather's yes, yes, valuable yes, coins yes. and I, we got them melted down in, yes. in basically in um, an Armageddon. Yeah. And then it was in one valuable, basically like a diamond. And then I handed it to you and said, hold on to this. Mm -hmm. And then in one second in the dream, you lost it. Of course, because that's what <laughs> I do. Now, we have asked ourselves, who gets to be chosen to be on the Quans or the money in general? Right. Like why? We've spent most of our lives looking at George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, Abraham Lincoln, men, 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 white, 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 men, 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 many, 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 men, white, 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 including even Andrew Jackson, who, though, founded the modern Democratic Party while owning slaves and loving it, also is famous for the mass genocide of Native Americans while expanding the country. I like can't stand Andrew Jackson. <laughs> And, okay. and nor should anyone. <laughs> okay, so no one likes him, right? And, uh, Republicans like him. Oh, okay. I would say, I mean, not with all due, maybe not all, but <laughs> Trump had a portrait of Andrew Jackson in the Oval oh, okay. Office. Okay, so I thought I had a hot take. Yeah. I mean, I can't stand any of them. Right, right. Okay. But Andrew Jackson is uh, a very problematic. <laughs> okay. Now, people who are not on our money are anyone? Ladies. With that's right, women! People of color. <laughs> also true. This country is built by the founding fathers. Meow, 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 meow. How many times? But, exactly. But behind every good man is a good woman. As long as she stays behind, behind the man. man. Barf. <laughs> now, our money, whether it be bills or coins, are a reflection, literally, of our values. Money is a value. And what's printed on it is relaying to not just ourselves, but to the world, this is us. These people were so important or influential in our history, we're putting them on our damn money so that they pass through the hands and eyeballs on a daily basis all over the world. It does go into your subconscious whether you realize it or not. Agreed. And as if recent history... Although not enough to pass a Jeopardy question, which is why we even got interested because we tried to test ourselves for Jeopardy. Oh, I mean, yeah, because you always forget, like, is Abraham Lincoln on the penny? <laughs> now, and as if recent history, what we have valued is white men. Now, I'm not trying to rewrite history here. White men have done a ton. They did take this country. They did build a ton <laughs> they of did shit. Steal it. <laughs> they did exactly. They did steal this country. They did build a ton of shit. They created everything from religion to rape and all the fun stuff in between. But things they are changing. I won't go into the women who have been there through it all. But currently, look at the ladies who are running shit. From Cardi B to Kiki, it's a pretty good time to be a leader. Though we are in the fight of our lives against white supremacy. Our money has been slowly taking very small turns. Since the 1940s, there's been now and again, you know what? I'm not a Quan expert. I mean, it's all Bitcoin now. now. <laughs> it's all Bitcoin. It's all Bitcoin. <laughs> That's true. It's Bitcoin. <laughs> so if I get the timeline wrong or whatever, uh, please, I just, 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 who cares? See, just hear this as just for the metaphor and the parable for it is, please. And then remember, it's okay. all Bitcoin now. <laughs> it's all Bitcoin. Now, but people of color, men, first off, have fought to get representation on coins. And there have been Booker T. Washington being the first in 1946. But it wasn't until 1970. How does one fight to get? Uh, just like, thing, just like campaigning, campaigning to get on. Wow, yeah, yeah, that's all crazy. Of it, all of it. That is so fucked up. Right. But it wasn't until 1978 where we saw a female face on the face of a coin. 
Kwan. Susan B. Anthony, one of the mothers of the suffragette movement and a huge lesbian, if you ask me. <laughs> okay. I thought it was like a done deal. <laughs> it's, I don't know that it's a done deal. I think it's still under the covers. You look gay, you're going to be gay. Okay, also, Susan B. Right. And also, that's your partner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then in 1999, Native American Sacagawea appeared for a run. And 2003, Helen Keller, the deaf mute lady, who I mean just for being deaf and mute kind of deserve it but are these like special edition coins is yes. what you're saying so basically what happens is you know we have our bills which and now there's a whole uprising of changing andrew jackson or possibly any of them really to put harriet tubman or somebody on a bill that's different than one of these men but right now what we're seeing is that the coins with these special edition coins it is also leading up to are we going to change the Quans? I would love the Booker T. Washington. I remember Susan B. Anthony and I remember the Buffalo Nickel. And yeah, that's, that's it. it. Right. Right. I mean, there's and there's, you know, and Sacagawea would be pretty yeah, cool. Sick. Helen Keller's. I mean, I take that one. Yeah. Helen, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Helen Keller's run ran through 2003. Mm. And we have not had a woman since 2003 on a special edition Quan. Enter. Damn it. Janet. Yellen. Shut the fucking front door and right now. And the American Women Quarters Program. <laughs> now, no, this isn't, We're like I said, we're not replacing Andrew Jackson yet, which my opinion, he should be the first to go. And is he on the $5 bill? I have. He's on, or he's on the 20. He's, he's on something. He's on a bill. He's on as a big well. bill that we see all the time. Okay. And, you know, I he even Frederick Douglass, even if we're not going to do a woman, put Frederick Douglass on one of the main bills. But still, damn it, Janet. Damn it, motherfucking Janet, man. Our new Treasury Secretary said, let's get some goddamn women on some goddamn quarters. So they picked the first two. and On coming, quarters? Yes, bitch. Genius. Yes. Genius. And in 2022, we're going to see the faces of Maya Angelou and Sally Ride. Maya Angelou, wow. of course, the Black Poet Laureate of our time, and Sally Ride, who blew up in the Space Shuttle Challenger, of which many of us watched in elementary school, on a TV, rolled into class, plugged in with the longest extension cord known to mankind. Speaking of Punky Brewster, and now we're full circle. Full circle. Janet Yellen is holding a friendly competition to gain five more women who will grace five more quarters. People can submit actual artwork, names, reasons, etc., etc. I'm currently drawing a picture of Brandy. <laughs> On top of a rainbow, which is being catapulted by Chihuahua rockets into a beautiful sunny sky, illuminated by the Keanu Reeves sun and a gentle purple rain, coating her perfectly golden bronze and skin with arms outstretched as she holds a bottle of champagne and a handful of hundreds. And beneath her, we see a stable of models filling up the Grand Canyon like a landscape. And what a wonderful quarter. And in writing across the top, it's not e pluribus unum or in God we trust. It says, bug it. <laughs> Alas. This will have to be my own making because the mint only wants dead women and dead inside doesn't count. Mm. Or you'd be number one. Well, we haven't really tested it. <laughs> That's true. Now, do you have you thought about who you you've obviously thought about who oh we should God. as a podcast of submit? Of course. <laughs> and we should come up and we're going to we got to make the quarter artwork. And if anyone wants to submit, you should do it. And obviously, RBG, the gator is number one. People um, will definitely do like Amelia Earhart. Yes, so I have a list coming up later, but mm. uh, damn it, Janet, the, the, the cool thing is that damn it, Janet will ultimately have the final say as to who the five women are. It's not going to be some board. It's not going to be some, you know, group. It's just her. 
Just Janet. <sighs> just Janet. Bitch. Okay. She's so amazing. Amazing. So I just think it's cool and so great. As women or any group fighting for their rights or their recognition always make small steps, but those steps are gigantic in many ways. It's about time American women in history are recognized on our fucking money. Their faces will be seen by millions and millions of people and will prompt, I would think, if you don't know who that is, to look them up. Girls will start seeing themselves reflected more than just TV, music, and movies, but in the very value that we all base our entire lives upon. Coins are just the beginning, of course. But the fact that, damn it, Janet, who a woman herself will be spearheading this honor makes me feel so proud and so inspired. I'm excited for all the little girls and women who, as they pay for that parking meter or laundry or flip that quan at the basketball game no one watches with Sally Ride or Maya Angelou or Eleanor Roosevelt or Ann Richards or Shirley Chisholm or Geraldine Ferraro or Rosa Parks. Oh my Parks. God, Geraldine Ferraro. <laughs> that's who it is. That's my, that's mine. That's I know. what I want. I oh my know. God, that's so amazing. I want that so bad. <laughs> or Katherine Johnson or Madam C.J. Walker. They can stand a little taller and feel the weight of their contribution and history in their actual hands. So there's that. So that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. Thank you guys for listening. We love you all so much. And we are so grateful for all 14 of you, especially now. Please, please consider joining our Patreon podcast if you haven't yet. It's $1 for one podcast a week and $2 for two podcasts a week. They're both an hour and lately they've been a hot fucking mess. <laughs> but hey, there's no politics, no ads, no structure, no stress. And best of all, you'll never have to hear us again. <laughs> bug on for you to join the Patreon. Yeah, and if nothing else, you'll be distracted from your own life thinking about how annoying and insufferable we are. Yeah. Just go to www.patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics to sign up. And if you're still on the fence when you get there, scroll down to an episode from September called Windows Up Sing Time. Just press play and take a listen to see if you like it. And if you do, don't think about it. Just sign up. Because once you join, you'll never again have to wonder what it's like to be part of the dumb gay pandemic known as our Patreon. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly, it's been gay and it's been dumb. And Norman from the real world. Ugh. And knee surgeries. <laughs> yes. How'd you do, I? See, you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dine because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover I'm not much of a man by the light of day But by night I'm one hell of a lover I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme Maybe Play you a sign 
You look like you're both pretty groovy. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat world. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Right. Or maybe a bite. Right. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan. And he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. 